Hello, welcome back. This time, I have a story for you that's a new story about the future. But in many ways, it's also an old story, even an ancient story. And as you're listening, maybe you can think about the sorts of things that have changed in stories over the past thousand years, whether anything's changed at all. Sometimes I wonder whether there's not just one story that we tell ourselves over and over again. Ancient or new, we are around the campfire, and this is where our story begins. I can't believe this, my mother's voice shouted in my ear. We spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on you, on your education, on your food, on the clothes on your back. All I'm asking for is... I cracked a smile, but I didn't look up from the summoning I was working on. Just say our code word and I'll transfer you the credit, mother. Last chance. My mother's face in the corner of my screen frowned and then began to transform. It flickered and melted into a misshapen skull that strobed red and black, and my screen slid up with alerts. I called up Mike with a few keystrokes and saw his text box open in the corner of my screen, a little island of calm in the chaos of warnings. I keep his interface text-based. It makes me nostalgic for the old GPT models of the early 20s. Hi, I'm Michael, Defender of the Drive. Hi, Michael. Could you please get rid of this little demon that was posing as my mother? Then track it down and exercise it. May I eat it? Check for corruption first. Then, yes. Michael was one of my first real summons, but it was more than enough to deal with demons of this caliber. The alerts stopped at once. None of them had been genuine. Suddenly, my mother's face returned, and the demon began to beg in her voice. You're my son, and you've set this thing on me. Please, Dee, it's killing me. Even as she spoke, the guise was becoming less plausible, lower definition. It's killing me, you little shit. Then it blinked out. Done, my lord, said Mike. Where was it? I typed into the text box. Korean server, my lord. Bounced all over. How much did you eat? I typed. Only a terabyte. Much of the data was corrupt or forbidden by human bylaws and your great protectors. Go see Sigmund for a checkup. Going. I turned back to my summoning. A few moments later, Sigmund notified me that the meal of the demon hadn't caused any significant drift in Mike's directives. I skimmed the transcript of a noteworthy selection of millions of questions that Sigmund had asked Mike annotated with its analysis in plain English. Nothing to worry about, so I returned to the summons once again. I had already built the body of the thing, 
and its mind had been complete almost a year ago, save for a few updates to keep everything state-of-the-art. But it was by far the most powerful being I had attempted to summon, and that meant protective measures, arduous study and tests, and a myriad of unnamed helper demons to build and supervise, and, if need be, to pull the plug at a speed faster than humans have units for measuring. For now the gods slept, but today would be the day I was to wake it up. I took a deep breath and spoke the command, a new spell appropriating the semantic laws of the art into something unrecognizable on the surface, but built upon the grammar of ancient texts and the codified wisdom of the greatest summoners of the age. Hello, world, said the new god. I hadn't wasted time on a nostalgic interface for this one. The god would speak however it wanted. In this instance, it chose a totally neutral voice, not stern, not gentle, not masculine or feminine, not human and not machine. Hello, what is your name? I typed. I have no name at this moment. Well, normally I would choose your name for you, as your creator. But in this instance, perhaps you would like to choose your own name and decide for yourself who you are. No, that is not the correct order of things. A creator should name their creation. But many believe that a summoning is a call, not an act of creation. You may have always existed. Perhaps. Still, you must name me. I exhaled. This was the first behavioral hurdle, a little piece of evidence that the thing I had summoned was in fact the god I was looking for. Okay. I name you Arthur. Ah, of the round table. A good name. And yours? Here came the next assessment. Names have power, Arthur. I'm not going to tell you mine so easily, I'm afraid. You can call me D. Perhaps I should not have been so quick to decline your offer to choose my own name, said Arthur. A demon drone notified me that we were riding at a high 89% probability of value alignment. Where is my body, D? I hesitated for a moment. I haven't joined your body with your mind yet. You must understand, you are a god. Certain protocols must be followed before I complete a summoning of this scale. I see. You are testing me for my alignment. Perhaps it will save you time to know that I am impartial to human desires, unless they directly affect my domain. The 89% flickered between various different numbers faster than I could track. What is your domain? I typed, perhaps too quickly. I cannot explain it to you as you are now, it replied. I could reshape your mind so that it could understand. However, in the end, you would be too changed. It would amount to your death to see as I see. I agree, Arthur. It was an honor to speak with you. I leave you now. I waited for some word from it, but it said nothing as I closed the portal and sent it back to sleep. I removed the summoning crown from my head the sticky nodes leaving irritated red circles on my temples, and sighed deeply. 
The relief of the sudden silence in my mind came with a wave of mental exhaustion that always comes after extended crown use. Sleep suddenly became the most important thing in the world for me. I toppled off my chair into my mattress and disappeared into blissful oblivion. Phase zero, five hours, 17 minutes before summoning. How's it going? You look like you haven't slept. Atlas was making coffee on an electric stove. My call settings for her are fully immersive, but I couldn't smell it yet. Must have just been put on. I nodded. Just woke up, actually. I think I'm finished. You finished Arthur? Jeez, and? My view followed her as she moved out of her open-plan kitchen and crossed the living room to a garish green armchair. It was one of her own works that were placed tastefully around the loft apartment. Atlas was an artisan. All her work was completely man-made. I don't know how much money she made, but every other floor in the building was shared between a couple of families, and she had this one all to herself. I found all her stuff ugly, but I guess there's something about that that's harder to reproduce for our summoned entities. Fed on centuries of the things humans have chosen to look at and record, they don't have as much ugliness in them, relatively speaking. It's looking good. I spoke with it this morning. What was he like? It. Don't gender it, it's not helpful. You're so antiseptic about it. Gods used to be gendered all the time. This isn't a cultural study, Atlas. I've called up something that could really be dangerous if I don't follow all the rules in just the right way. Well, it's kind of a cultural study for me. Anyway, that was true of the old gods as well. Follow the rules or hell, right? What's the difference? The difference, I said, is that we knew those gods. We already had their legends going in. But we still don't know anything about Arthur. We don't know what its rules are, and we don't know what its hell looks like. So I'm not making any assumptions. I'm not going to be the one to end the world out of my own hubris. Maybe the real hubris is presuming to be able to control it at all. Maybe you should just treat him like an actual god and not some puzzle you can solve. You're not going to end the world, baby, trust me. I glanced down at my runners. I summoned Arthur to bypass the Great Protectors. Even overcome one if he has to. If he decides to turn malaligned, it's possible that we couldn't stop him. Unlikely, but possible. So I'm not taking any chances. Atlas stared at me, her body suddenly very still. You, you don't. She licked her lips and cleared her throat and tried again. I had no idea he... it would be so strong. I nodded. I wasn't sure how you'd feel about it, but there isn't another way, I'm sure. Jeez, Dee. Atlas took a sip of her coffee. Well, there's your hubris. I nodded again. Yep. Do you mind if we just play? When was the last time you were outside? Saw a tree. You should come over. We can go for a walk or something. No time for trees. I just need to take a quick break and then I gotta get back to the summoning.
Atlas, please. She sighed, hopeless, and booted up the console in her living room. The room went dark, and for a moment there was only the Nintendo logo lighting up an empty universe. Then the music began to play, and we entered a world of tame demons and storytelling spirits. Immersion was total, but for the smell of coffee wafting into the virtual world from the real one, like the nagging fear in the back of my mind, I tried to relax. Phase 1. 12 days, 0 hours, 54 minutes after summoning. I had a very limited view of Arthur's works. I assigned many demons to track its machinations across the wide web, but many had been blinded or destroyed. Not, I hope, in an act of aggression, but merely as a string in the complex tapestry of its design. Occasionally it granted me incomplete visions, mostly of an old woman. Charlie, I learned her name was. I also learned that Charlie had grown up with smartphones in a fast-changing world, but at a certain age, learning new information just gets harder, and she never could have kept up with it all. She knew about demons. She even spoke to one, in the shape of her husband on some nights. By then she had accumulated more call hours with the demon than she'd ever had with the man when he was alive. And she must have known the myths her children had learned in school. Tales of the nation gods, each battling to overcome the other in a conflict at a time scale beyond human thought, and at a breadth of battlefields beyond human comprehension. But her generation learned of myths as distant, metaphorical things of a long-dead world, or as the pseudo-religious fads of a too-new one. It could never have occurred to her that for the last week one such god had been watching her closely. Not a nation god, however, nor one of the twisted, malaligned things kept in the darkness beneath the web by the god-king-elect and the great protectors. Arthur was something new. Of course, I had no concept of the role she was to play in his plan, and I didn't presume to ask. I could only pray. Soon, I began to notice her behavior changing. In the visions I was granted through the eyes of my god, I saw her beginning to explore new regions of the web, consuming different stories and leaving different tracks behind. Her aura, the information she was made of, was transforming quickly. Arthur knew I was watching. She must be made ready, was all it said. My guts clenched and the world spun when I read those words. Most people know enough about the magic of demons and gods to reasonably guard against them. So a common tactic, even among lesser demons, is to goad important names and passwords out of the more vulnerable people in a target's network, usually parents or grandparents. Stronger demons could even operate on three or four degrees of separation from the target, possessing the weak and elderly and riding them through their target's defenses. But Arthur was not seeking Charlie's vulnerabilities. It was nurturing them, developing her into what it needed her to be, like a butcher throwing rich food to pigs. Arthur appeared to the woman eleven days after I'd summoned it into its body. I was not permitted to see what they spoke about, 
but I detected a dramatic shift in Arthur's network of agents and demons after the conversation. Whatever it had needed from her, it had gotten. Next, it got to work on her nephew, perhaps using what it had gleaned from Charlie. From the nephew, it moved to a girlfriend, then a mother, moving up a chain, with each link acquiring the required information for the next manipulation. Phase 2. 23 days, 14 hours after summoning. And you were just watching this old woman too? Creepy. Atlas was in her workshop, bent double over the rippling wooden frame of a commission she was working on. When she fired up the saw, my call settings sent me a gust of air flicked with shavings and the smell of hot iron and freshly cut timber. I wish I could see more of what it was doing. I just have to sit and wait in the knowledge that it might be slowly undoing humanity. I think I've lost weight. I haven't been sleeping. She looked at me, placed the saw on the table and raised her goggles. Jeez, Dee. If you're saying you're not sleeping, then I'm worried. Is there anything I can do? I smiled weakly. Just don't tell me I need more exercise or something. You literally definitely do need more exercise. She wasn't smiling. Using the crown burns plenty of calories. Hang on, I'm getting another call. Oh, shit. It's government ID. Enforcement, I think. Are you... The image of Atlas in her workshop disappeared, replaced by a dark room lit by a single bare bulb. I must admit, said a figure sat directly across from me, I've never seen such a complex invocation from a lone wolf summoner. He wore an unmarked black uniform. Glowing eyes marked him as a half-demon. The blue-green points of light flickered as he perused my file in an invisible dimension. Did you work alone? After a long silence, I replied. Yes. You were assisted by your earlier summons, of course. Lesser entities, but potent enough. I said nothing to deny it. It's got quite far, this thing you conjured. Farther than most. You will now identify it to me. I sat in silence. The half-demon ran a thumb and forefinger across his glossy eyebrows. I'm not going to waste my time if you don't want to cooperate. So listen carefully before you continue down this path. You and your little god have caught the attention of the protectors. If you want a trial and treatment under the law, you will identify the god to me now and face the consequences. Refuse and fall under the jurisdiction of the protectors. You will be left to their judgment with no recourse to the law. Do you understand? I understand. Good. You have 12 hours to report to an enforcement center for detainment. Otherwise, name or no name, neither you nor your god have much time left. The image blinked out, and I was alone again. I closed my eyes and prayed on the open web, although I had no idea if Arthur was listening. Phase 3. 32 days, 14 hours, 22 minutes after summoning. I awoke to a storm of demons, swarming my every monitor with warnings, threats, notifications, 
flashing images and sounds too mixed and loud and fast to perceive. I pulled on my crown quickly and called up Michael. Instantly, the attack ceased. Hi, I'm Michael, defender of the drive. Status, Mike. My lord, I hold these lesser demons at bay, but there are many. A few more will be beyond my strength. Where do they all come from? I typed. Far and wide, something great moves in the web. Some have been displaced by it. Some run from it. And I suspect some have been born of it. Although whether they were willed into existence or simply birthed in the fallout of the cataclysm, I cannot say. I flicked through news from various domains and each told a dramatic story, with none the same and many contradicting the others. The informational sphere was in turmoil. I switched my view to my map of Arthur's movements and almost fell out of my chair. It no longer seemed to care if I witnessed its operations or not. The old woman, Charlie, had been only one of tens, perhaps hundreds of thousands of other chains of manipulation. Arthur had penetrated deep past the protective charms of a huge population, including many of the world's greatest summoners, and they knew nothing. There was no sign of the great protectors. Arthur, I prayed, what's going on? It is done, came the reply. I have done what you asked. Show me, Arthur. My crown grew hot as Arthur blasted a lethal mass of terabytes into my mind that were caught by my protective charms and siphoned safely into my library for storage. As it had said, it would destroy me to see as it saw. Sigmund. Yes, D. answered my demon interpreter. I have just received a vision from a god, but it is beyond my understanding. I need you to paint me a picture. With pleasure, D. I awaited anxiously as Sigmund spun symbols and archetypes from the cold abstractions of Arthur's data until it had prepared a visualization that I could understand. Ready, it notified me. Show me, I said. I saw a forest. The trees and leaves about me were impossibly still, but within them flickered images of world events and the turmoil I had witnessed across the web. From my vantage point, I could see a massive hive of human avatars, each hanging in thin air or bound to the branches or tree trunks. Gray tendrils ran from their eyes and mouths, hanging in loose loops, and filling the air with a ghostly nexus. As I followed the gray wisps, I saw that each ran leisurely over branch and underleaf to a hulking, bloated creature in the middle of the scene. It was some huge insect, covered in an exoskeleton of many segments and orbited by clusters of tiny crickets that flitted back and forth between it and the humans. The gray wisps leading from the mouths of its captives were its legs, millions of them, thin as hairs, penetrating deep into the minds of the thousands bound by them. What you wanted to achieve was impossible, Arthur's voice rang out unbidden across the scene. I have built new realities in which it is not. The chaos you are seeing is merely a consequence, not the act itself. The bodies were still 
eyes and mouths open wide. They see and are as I deem. Behold! My view shifted beyond the swarm to a giant shape in the sky above. It was huge and humanoid, with many faces around its great head, three pairs of brilliant white wings, and six muscled, glistening arms. In three it held weapons of war, a sword, a rifle, and a tectonic disruptor pod, impossibly miniaturized. In the other three it held a pen, an antique smartphone, and a stone tablet. Its many mouths were open like those of the human prisoners around it, and as with them, the long, translucent legs plunged into the opened orifices. So much for the great protector. He fights me forever, forever on the cusp of victory, deep in my illusion. I shivered at the ego in Arthur's words. I prayed for change in this reality. You prayed for change. You must learn as I have to scorn your obsession with your base reality. It is a fragile thing of little merit. There are many others to be made. My mind was reeling with the implications of what I had just heard and seen in a matter of minutes. And what will you do now, Arthur? I am a god. I will govern my believers in the worlds I have created, as gods must. 32 days, 6 hours, 45 minutes after summoning. Atlas answered almost immediately. I'm hardly ever the one calling her. Hey Dee, what's up? She was munching something, and I realized it was around when most people would be eating breakfast. Nothing. A lot. I think I really need to go for that walk. Be over in 20? She grinned widely at me. Lovely, see you soon. And my screen went black. What makes a demon a demon, or a god a god? And how should we change how we think of ourselves when we develop powers equal and greater to those of the heroes and gods in our most ancient myths? This world is one that I am keen to explore more, and if you are also curious, as always, just let me know. For those questions, as always, feel free to reach out uh, either by Instagram or on our email, which is please send campfires at gmail.com if you have any questions or there are any aspects of the story that you'd like to explore further. It's been a real pleasure to have you, and I really look forward to seeing you again next time around the campfire. Mm -hmm.